Another successful delivery by Recon Specialist. Easy credits, man. Only because we're the best crew out there right now. Or because most of the Imperial checkpoints are now gone and the Republic is stretched thin and, you know, we can pretty much come and go as we please now. That does sound possible. Hijacks are more common, though. However, no one would think to attack this ship without a small fleet. Look, business is good. Now that we have concluded our business, we should park somewhere. Indeed. Uh, our next job isn't for several hours, and it is close by. Uh, let's get some of the local life. We could do Coruscant. I don't see why not. Uh, well, we did just do that job recently to where we, you know, kidnapped some Imperial officers and did an Imperial job. And then gave the Republic a bunch of Imperial pilots, which led to crucial intel. Yeah, I guess it'll be all right. The Rebels and you do go way back. Croissant, this is Recon Specialist, over. We have you on radar, Recon. Stand by. Uh, Recon, you will follow our escorts to the following coordinates and power down your ship. Any resistance or deviation will result in immediate response. Over. Understood, Croissant. Uh, over and out. What did we do? I don't know. Maybe it was that job on Hoth. Oh, come on. That was harmless, and the Rebels got a kick out of it. New management, new rules. Well, there's only one way to find out. How's it going? Uh, you nearly gave me a heart attack, and I don't have many more of those left. <laughs> What's the matter? Can't you take a little joke? Not too many more if this keeps up. Anyways, how you doing, Sean? Still chasing down TIE fighters for fun and experience? Uh, no, the Republic's posted me here. You're addressing a Brigadier General now? Brigadier General. Hmm, fancy title. Yeah, well, when you have as many missions as I do under your belt, they tend to want to keep you around. Well, General, uh, what do we owe the honor of? I mean, uh, do we bow? Nah, but you could buy me a drink. With you making all that general money, you're buying. Hey, remember that time we met? You ran into some... Local trouble? Oh god, how could I forget? <laughs> Alright, everyone, thank you for joining us. People listening live, for everyone listening now later. Uh, I am Patrick Patrick. And I am Padre. 
And today, my, we have so much to cover today, so I'm not going to waste. Should we introduce anybody? What? Somebody? Why do you interrupt me when I'm trying to, like, you know, build the suspense? Because and it's the high point of my day. What, you introducing people? <laughs> no, interrupting you whenever possible. Oh, perfect. All right, then, uh, then everything's going perfectly according to plan. All right, without further ado, go ahead, You're going to introduce them now, right? No, you are. That's your job now. No, it's not. It's your job. We literally talked about this two episodes ago. I was like, I'm you no longer have... introducing people because I'm horrible at it, and this is totally proving the point. We have none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Sean Tiernan. Thank you, fans. Pleasure to be here. Oh, pleasure to have you, man. I mean, it's 11 a.m. where you are. It's 9 p.m. here. What's it like over in... Actually, tell people where you're from again. All right, I'm in sunny Brisbane, Australia. Um, beautiful sunny day here. Hardly a cloud in the sky. A um, little bit chilly. It's only, oh, it's up to 20 degrees now. Um, That's about Celsius. 70 odd for That's Celsius. you old Fahrenheit people. For those Americans, it's Celsius, 20 degrees Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, nice. lovely day. See, this is why I'm bad at the introductions, and Robert's supposed to say, oh, all the way over in sunny Australia, because I'm an idiot. I would have said New Zealand, because I forget. <laughs> Which is insulting to an Australian, I think. I don't know. New Zealand's kind of like the second Australia. So the thing is, if a New Zealander becomes famous, yeah, Australia adopts them, and they become Australian. See, I think calling second New Zealand second Australia is insulting. <laughs> yeah. New Zealand, no offense. So, hey, both were you know involved in the World War II against the Axis powers, so that makes them cool. Oh, absolutely! They even made their own tanks, which is even yes. better. Which, considering that they really didn't have the ability to do it, they were like, F it. and they did anyhow. Oh, absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's give a little description for those of you who don't know, because again, we're, we're the reason we're doing this episode is to get newer players into the game, explain things for the first time, how to get into the game, where you need to go, what you need to get, and how many people you should invite, and what those players that you're inviting should expect. So none other, or who, none other than Sean Tiernan, the one person that we have been in direct contact with since I, this has started. because Forever ago. Well, exactly, because he is the one that has brought Hotak into the second edition era. Um, it was, And this is where I screw up. Who, who created Hotak in the first place? Josh Dirksen. Yes, thank you. Okay, so Josh Dirksen created it for first edition. He couldn't, you know, do it any longer uh, for work reasons or and, you know, life gets in the way. So, I mean, thank you, Sean, for carrying this torch. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, carrying it perfectly. He answers questions in Facebook immediately. He is constantly everywhere at once answering questions, watching regular streams. I mean, there's no one better, honestly. I'm not going to lie. Ah, I'm blushing. What? Yeah, I mean, I try to keep up, but I can't. It's not possible. I, I am impressed. Uh, the The fact that you put so much into this game, the fact that you you bend over backwards, you you have a true love 
for this style of play with the existing X-Wing miniatures. It's it's just refreshing to see somebody who's just, hey, I like it. I want to give give myself to it, and I want other people to enjoy it, and I'm going to help you enjoy it. And it's it's just great to see somebody doing it for not fame and certainly not fortune. Definitely not fortune. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all can definitely agree on that. Definitely not fortune. X Wing is a game that I that has given me a lot. Um, I famous disclosure. I do suffer from depression and anxiety. Oh, X Wing and too? the X Wing community in general have just been fantastic at helping me deal with that. Um, and yeah, I've gotten a lot out, so I'm putting a lot back in. Oh yeah, t- tenfold back in. With COVID, everyone being stuck at home, a lot of people have been asking uh, on Reddit, on Facebook, on you know any other media platform, even in chats during stream, they're like, "Hey, is there a solo mode of this game?" And everyone, <laughs> uh, no, everyone who knows of Hotak immediately responds with, "Well, there's Hotak. If you don't know it, go here. You'll be able to join this Facebook page or the Reddit page. You'll be able to easily get into it and get started immediately." And the first like tons of questions that I always see: How do I get started? started what will i need uh you know how much is it is it easy to follow what are the rules so without further ado i think we should just bust into what yeah. what do you what do you need what do we need to get into yeah start us here here i'm asking you sean okay yeah hey, like uh i really want to get into to play in this hotak stuff what's the first thing i got to do get the rules download the campaign book and the mission the mission book have a read through them get yourself familiar with them and if you already have the x-wing gear you're good to go all right so where am i going to download this app Okay, if you go to the Heroes of the Aturi Cluster Facebook page, in the description of the group, there is a list of links. The one that you'd be looking for would be Hotak 2.0 by me. Um, Once you go to that link, there is a readme.doc. If you download that, that will list everything that you need to download and also lists what the latest version of all the files are. You know, another important question, Sean, what does it cost them to download that? It is free. Absolutely free. Yes. Okay. See, that's important because everybody just heard it. It's free. He's not charging. He's giving it away. So take advantage of that. Get this game for free because FFG or AMG is not going to give it to you. No. Uh, I mean, quick history. Uh, This was developed by a fan of X-Wing. It continues to be developed by a fan of X-Wing. I'm not going to, you know, speak for anyone, but as far as I'm concerned or as I know, it is not, you know, influenced, uh, adjusted, or updated by any staff of Asmodee, AMG, FFG, and so on. I know some of the staff play it, (laughs) but (laughs) um, they might even, they might might message... uh, Sean or even uh, the other developers and stuff like that to see if they can influence changes just for their sake, not for, uh, you know, the company itself. Uh, but yeah, this is 100% free. This is fan made. And it's that's I'm not going to say it's probably no, I should say that's probably why it's so well tuned. Yeah. And because it yeah, it's a grow. labor of love. It really is. Yeah, exactly. All right. So quick uh, with the read me first doc. What you're going to need, the campaign book 
and the Mission Pack. Those are two different books. You can print them in as one, but I keep them... Actually, no, I keep those together. My Flight Group Alpha is separate. Trust me, keep them separate. Uh, you're going to need some AI ship cards. You can also use the AI app that's on the iPhone and Android soon. They both work as well. Also, the xwingai.com website, you can use that as well. Uh, there's Imperial. Actually, you have two different, or two of the same. They're different versions of the AI cards that you can use either or. You need the Elite cards, the Rebel Pilot cards, to which where you keep track of your pilot card, uh, the Mission cards, some and terrain. And keep in mind, guys, this is all free for the download. It is. Terrain, uh, <laughs> and then recommended rules, alternate pilot abilities, and the optional rules doc. So that's what you need to get started. It's all downloadable, and it's all there for the taking. Yep. Yeah. The, the Imperial AI cards... Um... They do come in two versions. They're, one's labelled DS, which is double-sided. Yep. Justin Gann has created a double-sided set of cards where the stress mechanic is on the back of the card. SS denotes the single-sided cards, which has the stress charts incorporated on the, uh, on the front of the card. So that, that's just a personal preference as to which one you use. Exactly. We can debate how much does it cost. It is free. You can download it, but you do and will need some terrain. I've done some research on it. Uh, I'd love to hear Padre and Sean's opinion. But from what I found out, because you have to print out some some clouds, they're, you know, rather big pieces of paper for certain rules and stuff like that. There are turrets. There's some other building or not buildings, but, you know, Basically, space stations that you need to print out, and there's other little, you know, sensors and stuff like that that you'll need to play the game. From what I found out, this is a few things that you can do if you're just getting into it. If you want to print them out on your home printer, you can. It's going to cost you some ink, but you can print them out in black and white if you want, or in color. You cut them out, and you glue them to some cardboard. We all use Amazon. Guess what? I have a plethora of cardboard. You glue it to the cardboard. You cut around it. Boom, you have some great looking terrain. Uh, me personally, I printed out mine, bought a laminating machine on Amazon or at Walmart for like 20 bucks. You buy a bunch of laminating uh, sheets, you laminate all your terrain, perfect. 100 bucks, everything all together, done. There's Star Flickers, which you can buy online. You go, you search on Google, go to Star Flickers. It's its own game, but it's basically Hotec terrain. Uh, what's well, basically it's Hotec terrain for eighty six dollars. They ship it to you. You've got all the terrain in nice hard uh, hard pressed cardboard. Really colorful, really gorgeous. Works great with the game. The more expensive stuff. Me, I bought a three D printer for around two hundred dollars. You got filament. Uh, basically, your trial and error of printing stuff out. So it's time and money for that. Or you could pay someone to three D print, and that's where it gets into the hundreds to thousands of dollars. Um, unless you know somebody who has a 3D printer, then it could be for free. But... Now, the cheapest way. Yes, you. Go ahead. The absolute cheapest way, which will work for you, is to print it out on your home printer. Go up to Home Depot or Handy Andy's or Ace Hardware, it doesn't matter, and go get yourself some plain old clear packaging tape. Because you put tape on one side of it, you put tape on the other side of it, you seal it that way, you cut around it, and you're good to go. That is the cheapest and the cheapest yeah. uh, option that there is. It's not going, I mean, it's not going to last you forever, 
but you're going to get some game time out of it. You know, it'll last you just to the point where you go, darn it, I'm about to drop some serious money on a 3D printer. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, a lot of times the cheapest route is the best route to go until you get into the game and decide, you know what, this is worth my time. This is worth my, my effort. Yeah. I, I want to keep up with this. So, you know, it's just like anything, you know, you're, you're not dropping a thousand dollars off of a game that you're not going to play, but at least it gives you a start. Yeah. It absolutely gives you a start. You can also uh, print, you know, this stuff up on what I call cardstock. You can get that at uh, Hobby Lobby. You can get that at Joanne Fabrics. You can get that at Michael's, any hobby supply. And it's basically, it's just the paper that you use for making greeting cards. Yeah. I mean, you can and, buy a printer for like $30 or $20 now and just yeah. and do that. Um just the only other note I'm going to make is if you do go to a, a print shop, like, um, I don't know them specifically, you know, there's Kinko's, there's Staples, oh, there, all of them. Some of them won't print this stuff out because they think it's copyrighted material and they won't print that. You can assure them it's not. You can there reassure them. There is also, Patrick, sorry to interrupt. No, no, please. Hey, this is... In... In the list of files on the on that Google Drive, yep, there is. Just let me. Sorry, I'm just quickly bringing it up to make sure I'm not telling fibs. <laughs> well, you are. There Australian, is so. a print release document. Yes. Print release PDF, which basically, if you print that off and take it in. Um, if you are getting this stuff professionally printed, basically says as owner of the original work, works, Josh grants his permission as developer for second edition, I grant my permission. And it lists all the files that, that we've given permission for you guys to print. Beautiful. And, so and that, that should be sufficient for them to print it. Yes. So there's no issues there. All right. Uh, so that's how you can get started. I mean, next up is ships. <laughs> You're gonna need yeah. Sean. Oh, how many God. how many ships do you need? <laughs> I know you have a it, There is <laughs> there is a list in the campaign book that basically suggests um, one Tie Fighter per player, one Interceptor per two players, one Bomber per two players. Um. It is probably worth, I know somebody has done a sheet and I did mean to download it, but I never got time. Um, the outlay in ships is actually quite minimal, really, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with proxying ships. Oh, yes, absolutely, um, please. Proxy away. Go for it. Well, so, um, this isn't like going to a tournament and you need the ship on the table. This is kitchen table at home. Even if you're running a tournament in store, like, you know, I, that's what I've done. And people have to pay to actually play it because that's the store policy. The store's not going to come over and tell you, hey, that's not a Millennium Falcon. Yeah, no, it's a Coke can. I don't give a, I don't care. It's fine. We'll <laughs> allow it for the time being until we can build up our, our supply. Because you're going to play through this more than once, guaranteed. Yeah, I uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to Brittany and uh, yeah and Abby. My daughters have decided to drop by and listen. Oh God! <laughs> Good morning, girls. Well, yes, I promise I'm are. not going to behave while you're listening. 
True. We don't want people to behave. We want people to be real. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, this is oh, Star that's Wars, my... not Star, you know, Friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Exactly. All right. Uh, next thing, I mean, what should we go through next? We've got comments, you know, mistakes that people make. We already have questions in chat. Uh, there's how the AI works and stuff like What should we go over next, Sean? I mean, because uh, let's, let's take a couple of questions out of. Uh, oh, beautiful. All right. So out of the chat. Uh, so this is actually a decent question because this might confuse new players when they see the aces in the game. Um, you're going to see things like Predator but it's going to be a different wording or expertise will sometimes be in there. Uh, Sunterfell's ability will be different. So the first question out of Grumpy Grandpa, why were 1.0 upgrades and pilot abilities left on the AI aces in second edition? Okay. Um, it was a tough call as to whether I was going to go through and completely redesign all the elite cards. Um there were some abilities that never carried from 1.0 to 2.0 that I was quite keen to leave there. Um, I did try changing some of them, but it did throw some of the balance out in places. Yeah, um, that what I agree. It could probably... It, I was debating whether I was going to change the names where I could to update them to 2.0, but it would have meant some conflict with cards that have changed and things like that. Um, it, it was a conscious decision to leave some of the one point up, to leave the one upgrades purely because some of them no longer exist. Um, at the time, two hadn't been around all that long, and I didn't want to confuse people. Um, and quite frankly, those 1.0 abilities, um, a lot of the abilities did get watered down when they came across to 2.0. And to use the 2.0 version of them would have taken a little bit of the edge off some of the Imperials. That's what I definitely saw. Because the AI aces are good. You know, they, they do pack a punch sometimes. But if all of a sudden you took the same upgrades and applied the 2.0 patch to them... The, that AI wouldn't work the same. Then you'd have to rework that entire AI because of those upgrades. And it's like, oh, no, you just take out this upgrade and slap in this one. It's like, yeah, but that, that necessarily isn't going to work either because now you have to scale it back and see, or not scale it back, rerun the test and see if mm. now it's too powerful or if it's just a, it flubs. It's not strong enough of an AI. The, the other thing, too, is that... If you have a look at a lot of those AI cards, because the elite levels do stack, um, a lot of those abilities actually synergize as you go down the list. Just like the player ships, where you get three talents at the, in the end, the Imperials get to stack theirs as well. And if you start changing those, those talents it kind of throws some of the synergies out and can make them almost a sitting duck on some of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's another common question that I see. Are, do the abilities stack? The answer is yes. So when you are level, you know, six, seven as a group, as an average, and then you go down through the AI and you see that there's threat level one, two, three, four, and you're like, oh, we're threat level four. We just count the level four. No, 
all those abilities get stacked one on top of the other, which just makes it all the more fun. Because <laughs> you get some oh, fun. It certainly it. does. You know, fun, but yeah, okay. Now, I, Joseph, remind me what there was some upgrade that they saw that they absolutely flipped their stuff on. It wasn't Stealth Device or Lone Wolf. It was some upgrade. And they're like, no, 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 it doesn't work like that anymore. I'm like, no, no, no. This is this reads like this. It still is the 1.0 version of itself. It's not the second version. They're like that's BS. It's overpowered. I can't believe they left that in. And oh, oh, God. I have an expertise on one of the AIs. <laughs> that was that. They just complained about that for like an hour and a half. Oh, it was great. Oh, the in, AI in all honesty, some of the some of those some of the 1.0 upgrades are overpowering. Oh, absolutely. And that is the whole point. Yeah, well, even with the if you want to, If you want to play a game with a shooting gallery, swap all the Imperial ships and just make them TIE Fighters. Yeah, there you go. If you want yeah. a challenge, <laughs> some of those Imperial elites will give you one. True. All right. Uh, another... <laughs> oh, go ahead. If you were going to say one more thing. I was going to say, besides which, most of the player ships are way overpowered. Oh, I know. The power, the, yes. the synergy with Rebels <laughs> is just absolutely way... Like, I would love to put a HOTAC group versus a flight group alpha group and see which well, one would come. I guarantee you those Rebels would just well, shred the Imperials. Well, did you see up uh, up above there, Talados wrote, you know, when are we going to get rules for adding Inquisitors to the enemy list to take out the pesky Rebel Jedi? So there was an Inquisitor AI that was actually put out there. Um, if you do want to run Inquisitors, you can search through the uh, cards, or I'm sorry, not the, the files in the Facebook group, and you can download that AI card. They are brutal. I don't recommend stacking too many of them because even, you know, all they do is they just take evades all day, and they're very hard to kill. Um, so you can stick, you basically replace one TIE fighter with one of these and fly that as its leader. You'll have a, you'll have a grand old time. That's when I first found out that Inquisitors were very powerful. And this is before they got the points decrease and they were starting to take over the top tables in competitive play. Mm -hmm. So I was like, everyone, fly Inquisitors, take evades. We're doing it wrong. <laughs> Inquisitors are coming. Mm -hmm. Um, it's... People may, I don't know if anybody would remember back that far, but last time we had this discussion um, on this podcast, there are far too many Force users in the Aturi cluster <laughs> for them not to have attracted attention. Um, yeah. I do have that AI. It is unfortunately a first edition one. Um, I am working on fixing it. Mm. The, the rule that I do have most of the rules written for introducing Inquisitors, and it will basically be for every three or part thereof force tokens that the rebels have, there will be an Inquisitor. Yep, I like that. So if you, if you have two players who have two force each, you're going to be replacing two TIE Fighters with two Inquisitors every time. Yeah, that's I 100% agreed. Uh, I even told that to my group. I said, you get one Force user. They're like, but can we get more? I go, if you get more, I get Inquisitors. <laughs> and they said, okay, we'll keep it to one. I said, damn straight you will. Because <laughs> it's just not... Oh, man. It's... I'm quite keen to let people do whatever they want in Hotak. That That is the beauty of it. 
Um, anybody who's ever heard me talk about it, you know, it's like house rules, go for it. If it works for you, do it. Um, if you want to have an entire rebel squadron that are all wannabe Jedis, fantastic. But there is a price to pay for everything. Yep, absolutely. You got to balance it somewhere. If not, it's just the nuts running in that house. So, uh, what updates should we expect in the future? Okay, very, very shortly, we will have we will be releasing the ground assault package. Um, but we will talk about that a bit more later on, I believe, Patrick. Oh, absolutely. I definitely yeah, want to talk about so, ground assault. Spoilers, sweetie. Ground yes. assault is coming. <laughs> Updates you... I'm going to look at different ships, and there will definitely be more missions. I'm about two-thirds of the way through another mission arc. Um, that's kind of being play-tested at the moment. I also have, for anybody who remembers it, Battlestar Palace. Oh, jeez. Is about jeez. 50% updated to 2.0. I was very kindly given permission by the original team who did Palace to uh, update that. There will be some changes to it, um, especially in the way it's laid out, because I want to lay everything out in exactly the same style that Hotak is laid out, so that it all... I want everything to be part of the same package, if that makes sense, or part of the same game system. Nice. I mean, yeah, uh, one-stop shopping is the best when it comes to homegrown applications. You don't well, have see, everyone... people, Go ahead. people get used to seeing a layout and, you know, the way things are done. If you give them something, something extra, it just makes no sense to go and completely change the way you do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm waiting for the Hotak Facebook page to change into, you know, either X-Wing campaign play or Hotak and Flight Group Alpha, you know, maybe get the Flight Group Alpha people uh. in there. And they... <laughs> it just says Hotak and I'm like, people come in for Flight Group Alpha, like, is it okay if I post here? Is, it, is this safe? Is this a safe place? And everyone's like, yeah, go ahead, post whatever you want, man. We'll help you through it. All right. It is a safe place for anybody who does any sort of alternative play with X-Wing. Yeah. Well, also, where Regan Special TV is now redoing the original missions from first edition that used to get into the expansion packs. Um, and you were like, I always wanted to incorporate those into Hotak. And, well... <laughs> <laughs> Wish once granted. they're all updated what once they're all updated you will find them being converted into solos into um solo slash co-op mm -hmm. scenarios oh absolutely uh we're on mission two right now i know we're just getting started first mission is basically i just have to fine tune the the wording make sure it all actually is uh acceptable because i did post the reddit and said please fix my English, because I'm horrible at it, even though it's my first and second language. So hopefully <laughs> people will chip in. The people have already chipped in. They're like, that doesn't make sense. This doesn't work. This is out of order. Why is there a picture of this here? And stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we're already the, in uh, second mission, too. Yeah. The, the, the other thing I will throw in on what should we expect going forward and what's in the works and all the rest of it, um, there is a lot of stuff in the works. Um, what I would ask people is please... Be patient. Um, this is kind of a labour of love, and it's. I fit it in around working full time, 
being on call for work, actually going to the local game shop to play X-Wing, um, plus the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> well, you know you're not supposed to have a life. You're just supposed to give us stuff. Yeah. Uh, if you saw what my schedule was like, you would be surprised that anything ever gets gets produced. Challenge, <laughs> challenge accepted, sir. <laughs> I'll hand you my schedule, you hand me yours, and we'll see... Which one we have to take pity on the most? Uh, probably you, because my kids are all grown up. I don't know. <laughs> That's because uh, I've listened to Robert talk about his kids, and I worry about his kids just as much as I worry about mine. And they're all grown up. Yeah, well, mine, mine live 1,500 kilometers away, so I do still worry, but I, I do stay in touch with them, and they stay in touch with me, so yep. it's not too bad. They you when you go on to a podcast. Yeah, funny about that too. Yes, that is also nine hundred. I'm just glad you've got their microphones muted. Exactly, that is nine hundred and thirty-two miles for those in America. See now, now the funny thing is, right now, Sean, you can tell us stories about them, and they can't say a thing. No, we're not getting into that. Let's wait until the after party. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, absolutely. well, there was this one time where Brittany. <laughs> now I can't tell that story. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to you for your new for your new players that have you know taken stuck with us this long. Um, so for getting started, uh, let's uh, what you get three ships to start with. You get an X wing, you get a B wing, and a Y wing to start with. Correct? Yeah, uh, X, Y, and B as starting ships. All right. Um, they're really. I mean, people are going to argue and debate. There really isn't a, a perfect way to start with the ship that is going to just make things super easy for you or, you know, just completely junk a bunch of experience at once and then just, you know, take whatever you want. Uh, start with what you love. That's my best advice, I would say. Start with an X-Wing if you like X-Wings. If you love Y-Wings, jump in one. If you like B-Wings, jump in one of those. You know, start with the experience. I would say, I would ask to you guys, what generic upgrades should people be putting on their ships? Okay, as 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 starting ships, you can take an X-Wing or a Y-Wing. Everything else gets unlocked at, at um, Initiative 3. Um, do you get a lot of questions just to sidetrack a little about why can't I fly an A-wing? Oh, yes. Why can't I fly a B-wing? I want to have a hawk. Um, <laughs> that's great. If you want to do that, house rule it, go right ahead. Um, be prepared to get killed repeatedly flying a Y-wing. Um, yeah, our Y-wing The hawk is die. basically just a large, slow target until you can put a put some upgrades on it and the b-wing is probably in the same boat until you can load it up a little bit um the other thing is most people are kind of familiar with an x-wing or a y-wing so you're starting off with uh, you're starting off with a ship that you're familiar with while you're trying to get used to new rules you're not trying to get used to a new ship as well. Uh, the X and the Y were chosen. Um, they're really the greatest starting ships. For they're... balance at the start. They're, exactly. they're good starting ships. Because uh, people, always, the most one I get is A-Wing. And not just with my group, on Facebook as well. And yeah. it's, Everybody wants to start with the A-Wing. 
It's because people they go gung ho with the A wing. They think they're invincible. They get they get shot down immediately. And the same that's in the first mission, the second mission. And if you've had different experiences, I understand completely. I didn't have that experience when I took an A wing to start. But that's what a lot of people started having. So Sean was like, okay, nope. I mean, I think the A wing's always been unlock at level three, but it's like X wing, lots of health, good amount of defense, excellent firepower. Y wing super amount of health can take bombs and a turret which is great for just you know jump starting that experience and blowing up tie fighters that you just can't freaking hit because bombs are just basically mostly auto damage depending on what bombs you take plus it gives you a turret gets you used to shooting at things that are not in your arc and ionizing some things and also droids and shield upgrades and auto thrusters or, or no afterburners i'm sorry <laughs> i'm still in first edition <laughs> you know <laughs> just just as a very very good example um, not everybody will know this name, but but for those of you who do, we played a, uh, a campaign in TTS last year, and Nobby, yes, from the from the uh, Fearless Gundarks. Anybody who knows Nobby will know Nobby's love of the A Wing. <laughs> Nobby is one of the best A Wing players going. Um, he is good. And he died three straight missions early on flying an A-wing. <laughs> That's beautiful. So, even Nobby said, an A-wing is not a good starting ship. Yeah. Uh, B-wing as well, because it's so cumbersome and it does have a good amount of health. If you fly it next to your, your X-wing... You know, once you get into those knife fights, it's going to start to melt, and it's going to melt fast. And same thing, I'm not even going to touch the hawk. <laughs> Don't even try to touch the hawk. Um, that thing's going to blow up faster than the A-Wing. I, you know, it, it, does, it does tend to attract fire. I mean, it's a support ship. That's basically what it's there for. And when you start the game, you really don't have the experience to pump into that thing to make it what it needs to be. But one, oh my goodness, once you're into the level threes and fours and you jump into a Hawk, oh yeah. I mean, you're going to have pilots that are going to be getting double focus. You're going to get the moldy Hawk, which lets you keep focus at the end of the turn. If you, you know, take any number of and the you, rebel pilots that let you share your focus. I, yeah. And you you stick a sergeant as the pilot. Yeah, uh, Saj is a pilot, Absolutely. Um, Take two focus each turn. You don't have to lose them at the end of the turn, and everybody can just use the Sarge's tokens. Exactly. Well, it, you know what it reminds me of is original Final Fantasy for the Nintendo. You know, for all of you people who are in, I mean, I like video games. But in Final Fantasy, you start off as basic characters. You know, white mage, red mage, you know, your, what is it, fighter. And then as the game progresses, all of a sudden, you'll change into a different class. And that's how I see, like, if you want to start with a, a hawk, start with the Y-Wing. It kind of has the same, you know, build. It has a turret. It's got ish. a front arc. Ish. Exactly. It's an ish thing. And then when you get that experience, jump into the hawk. There you go. You now have the, the know-how, the knowledge, and then you can expand on that, you know, new type of y-wing doesn't have the same amount of health but it then it's going to get you where you need to go same thing with the x-wing build your experience then jump into the a-wing if you want to start get into the b-wing wait <laughs> just wait <laughs> just 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 wait just just wait oh, i yeah. would have said just don't no no see if you get the the b-wing pilots going you know you're braylon 
your uh, your knee and numb. If you get those both onto a B-Wing, yeah, it becomes an offensive powerhouse that can shoot twice, mod its dice twice, and then get modifications for its defense after repositioning like six times. It's a great ship, especially when you, you throw on your hull upgrade and your shield upgrade on top of sharing tokens with the rest of your team. Like, yeah, that all of a sudden it turns into a freaking like shuttle <laughs> or <laughs> it, you think it's like a large base ship, but it's a small B-Wing. Um, but that's a problem. You need that experience in order to pump points into it. You can't just start out and say oh i remember flying this in you know a 206 match it was great yeah that's a 206 match you know how many tie fighters are coming on a turn a lot more than 200 points <laughs> it's just that's just the way the game is made Holy vey. All right. So, yeah, that was good. Starting ships. That's a brilliant topic. I mean, how do we say? I don't even, I can't segue. So, we're just going to do. Uh, Let's just jump into it. Well, I want to do how the AI works to start. I mean, no, we've talked well, about it in for previous you, the episodes. The AI doesn't work. No, it doesn't roll defensive dice. It rolls everything else and can move and execute maneuvers beautifully. Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't ever help you no it doesn't um, roll green dice unless i wanted to play you. if i'm the pilot i'm playing one of the rebel ships yeah no the ai green dice work great if only when i'm being the gm <laughs> three dice don't work that yeah. i can guarantee yeah um, because the game is spiteful um yeah do i you know what robert i want to see you describe how the ai works no because i can't i don't do it okay that's I'll, you i'll 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 explain it I, I will admit that you know what patrick has <laughs> the 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 ability to be patient, whereas I do not. True. Patrick also has the ability to just be like, "Well, oh, yep, I'm host, and I do not. And Patrick is a really good uh, game master for Heroes of the Interior Clusty and, and also for um, Flight uh, Group Alpha. Flight Group Alpha. It's... Yeah, I try. I don't have that ability. I I'm really just there don't. to make sure everyone has fun. That's it. I'm not trying to beat them. I mean, sometimes I am. Yeah, but I'm well, trying yeah. to make sure everyone's having fun. Um. So, anyways, the AI. It is a basic card. You're gonna see it. It's gonna be a pie. It's gonna be diced up into sections and then also distances. And the AI is going to first pick a ship, and you're gonna see how it chooses which ship it. Uh, you know picks to shoot there's different ai setups to where it's either going to strike which means it usually has a gen uh, a general target or something that it's going to go after first in order to pick maneuverability and what it shoots at there's just going to be you know standard ai to where it just it moves it shoots at targets that are closest or that it got shot at last turn or it's target locked in the previous turn or that turn and then there are ones that will flee there are ones that you know have specific i'm going to say missions that it or not missions missions but basically it has certain i don't know checkpoints that it will hit and basically it has, it has its own rules that it must follow basically i mean i'm trying to be as descriptive as possible without rambling on too long but basically it'll give you descriptive instructions for each part of the game but it usually starts out as something and it can remain that way or it can change mid-game, but everything's detailed in the instructions as you know sean has written out beautifully and then also It'll tell you step-by-step -step instructions for its actions and its maneuver. And even if it becomes stressed or if it becomes ionized, it gives you all those details in a nice little card. It's perfect. So in a nutshell, you roll a six-sided die. I know you have to bring a six-sided die. And you can't use the, the FFG die. Shame on, shame on you developers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I have to bring a six-sided die. Where am I going to find a six-sided die? 
I mean, they make those anymore? I don't even think so. No. <laughs> but so the AI comes on uh, during different times of the of the game as well, uh, depending on the situation. Sometimes you have to roll to see where it sets up on the board. The board is marked by numbers, and then there you go. Depends on what the AI is. Could be a different ship. Could be an elite, which means it gets additional upgrades and abilities. It could be a shuttle that you know, has a certain set of instructions that it needs to follow. I, you know, there's so many different things. And that's what I love about this AI. It's not something that's simple. We have a question regarding AI, actually. Did I know. you see that? Yes. All right. Well, Sean, what were you going to say? Or did you have something to say? Oh, I was going to say, one of the most common mistakes people make with, um, with the Imperial ships is even for... It, Ships other than TIE Fighters, even for the base level ship, you still draw an AI card. Yes. You still draw an elite card for them and just use the top box. So even your stand interceptors, bombers, TIE Advanced, etc. do have some sort of talent or special ability attached to them. Yep. Yeah, um, you don't want to draw a bomber people... and have nothing on it to... <laughs> yeah. For the Imperials, that'd They're be terrible. They're not good fighters. No, they don't work. Yeah, they And usually... even, even those base, those base level Imperial ships um, can be a bit nasty. Yeah, a simple missile or just a simple upgrade or a, a, a talent. Like Predator on an Interceptor is just perfect. Or a TIE Advance that doesn't skip its action step if it uh, doesn't complete a maneuver. Yeah, think bombers used to get like a free target lock at one point. So yeah, definitely pay attention to the steps in the AI. Definitely pay attention to the bottom sections of your AI cards because sometimes there's special abilities listed there. Not many of the AIs flee which means after they get to a certain threshold of health, like one health left, two health left, the flea mechanic kicks in and then they have to fly a different way and they, you know, can't really jump to hyperspace. Sometimes they just fly off the board, which is the problem with Imperials. Not a lot of their ships have hyperdrive, so they, they just keep flying until they get blown out of the sky. But there are some that do flee or they'll get a flea, I would say, mechanic at, again, certain points of the game. So just keep an eye out for that as well. I think from memory, it's only the Lambda shuttle that has a a fleeing a flea point. I yeah. think it's five health left, but it can it can be kind of interesting when a ship that you need to destroy suddenly decides to run away. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that when we switched to Flight Group Alpha, the group was like, "What? Where is he? What is he doing?" Like he's jumping to hyperspace. He goes, "Why?" I'm like, "It's not the Imperials, man. Imperials had an unlimited amount of resources. The Rebels, they ain't got a limited amount of." pilots limited amount of ships they can't just sit here and just waste them they're jumping the hyperspace they're going back to base they're they're living yeah so i'm looking through the ai cards right now the shuttle has one at five health and that's it everything else stays in the fight unless the instructions uh instruct you otherwise because there are certain ai that will start to flee at a certain point in the game if a objective has been met or you know a turn count has started all right yeah Melentis. what are your thoughts on the official ffg ai oh we've answered this one but i love answering oh. it i love answering this question oh so do i <laughs> so, go ahead and start okay the official ffg ai contrary to what people might expect i am not gonna bag the hell out of it 
Um, Just enough. FFG, FFG had to design an AI which covered every ship in the game. And that was, it was never, ever, ever going to work. Um, it did have some good mechanics in it. I liked the concept of the ship having an attitude, whether it was going to attack, be defensive, whatever. However, in practice, that really bogged things down. And I think I think that's covered really nicely in HOTAC by the ships when they appear, having either an attack AI so they'll just go after the nearest target or a strike AI where they, they have a specific objective. Um, that changes that. And then some scenarios will, at a certain point, may switch ship from strike to attack or to flee and changes it for the scenario. Um, yeah, well, I think under the circumstances, they did kind of a passable job, but it was way too unwieldy for use. The bits that were good were way too unwieldy for use in HOTAC. Yeah, we tried it. We tried playing a 206 match with it. We tried HOTAC. We tried just the scenario that came with the FFG AI. It works with the FFG AI until they updated it to the latest version, I think. Because it was to the point, if you got behind the AI, it would just lazily fly to the left and you just shoot it down while it waited for its teammates to kill box you. The update, all of a sudden, your AI is doing K-turns, and it's stuck that way. It'll just do K-turns in the corner. It, like, you know, what the hell are those things called in games? Um, a non-player? Oh, <laughs> it's just yeah. it, it glitches out and walks into the wall, and it just it goes, hello, hello, hello. And you're just, what is it doing? I don't know. It's doing a K-turn in the corner. Why? <laughs> it's attitude? <laughs> it's pissed. Yeah. I don't know. There, there, there were also some things in in the FFG AI that, that didn't make a lot of sense. Like, choose the nearest obstacle as your aiming point. It's like saying to someone, choose a nearby brick wall and run towards it. <laughs> uh, the, well, the only other thing that uh, most of us liked is the fact that if it was range one and had a rock or asteroid in its bullseye, it would barrel roll automatically because it knew it was going to fly through the next turn. That was, like, we did like that. There were definitely some yeah. nice gems in it, but like mostly yeah. it was, I'll say, underfunded, because that's the best way to describe that, because, you know, they didn't have enough time to develop it. They didn't have enough staff to, you know, pump into it. It was a nice, great idea, but in the long run, it, you know, the, there's already and, a better AI out there. Yeah. Keep it simple. <laughs> Yeah, some, some people have asked why they couldn't go down the path that HOTAC went down and do an AI for every ship. Yeah. I, that would just be a huge job. I, I know the job has been mostly done by others already, Yeah. but imagine the collection of cards that you would need and how unwieldy it would become in a game. Um, and then uh, Melatonous... With the upcoming release of the Trident and its co-op rules and more leaning into epic play, AMG look to be taking X-Wing kind of into a Hotak word direction. Uh, excited or terrified? I'm waiting. <laughs> I can't be excited. I can't be terrified. I'm waiting. Go ahead. Let's say waiting and hopeful. Yeah, oh, always hopeful. There's, there has been a lot of discussion with 
the direction that Asmodi seemed to be going, there's been some bitter discussion that they seem to be going away from the more formal tournament 206 sort of stuff. Um, I don't think they will ever go away from that. Um, but I think they do need to start going down the path that they're going down. Yes. Where there is more co-op play, where there is more potential for it to be solo play. Um, I would love to see them absolutely nail a solo slash co-op system. Yes. I, I really I would. Absolutely. It, it's definitely nothing to be scared of because if they can nail a really good co-op system, how many people are then off the back of that are going to look start looking at Flight Group Alpha and Hotak? I mean, honestly, I Flight Group Alpha and Hotak right now are perfect. They're homebrewed. You can make up your own house rules. There are, God, I'm going to say thousands, thousands of personally made abilities, you know, alternate ships that are not even a part of the game that have been 3D printed. Uh, there's been alternate, you know, missions created that aren't in the Rebel and Imperial, Separatists and the Re Galactic Republic, the First Order and Resistance. And so the fact that AMG is now saying, hey, how about a, a co-op? Even though it was, they admit it was developed by FFG, I'm glad that they started taking that step into going back and creating side missions that are not 206. Because uh, I can't definitely say 206 would have definitely killed the game because that's all they had. Because, you know, Hotak and Flight Group Alpha exist. But if that was it, there wasn't a Hotak, Flight Group Alpha, Ground Assault. If none of that existed and it was just 206, I don't think the game would survive. I, I agree. I I, 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 don't, I don't think it would have the longevity that it will have without alternate modes other than 206. Yeah. Well, well this I kind of know. If for some reason Asmodee said, you know what, we're tired of, of producing uh, stuff for, for X-Wing, we're not going to do it no more, we're done. Uh, there's no upgrades coming anytime soon for any reason. The game would still live on. There'd be people who are going to home grow their own tournaments. There's going to be the Hotec, and there's there's going to be the Flight Group Alpha, and there's going to be whole but scenarios. People will still play it. I mean, how many times I've seen in other games that people are, for case in point, Axis and Allies, Ward C. Game's been out of print for 10 years, and there's a huge following that is out there where they're printing new ships, they're printing new cards. People are doing it on their own and selling them or trading them, and it's still out there going crazy. It would be the same thing for, for Flight Group Alpha. It would be the same thing for Hotak. I don't care if, if FFG or AMG uh, killed Star Wars. We would still play it. I think Battletech is like the ultimate. <laughs> it's still going. It was crowdfunded they re recreated the whole thing like because that game died off but oh my god so many people were still playing it yeah and it, and and it finally got to the point where the company was like okay well i guess maybe we'll try and bring it up one more time and see if we can't make another million dollars off of it yeah you know. <laughs> exactly 
<laughs> so, like, I, in short, them giving this out, letting us do co-op, doing a solo mission, please keep pumping them out. I've even yeah. criticized podcast Shuttle Tidarium to where FFG was creating the solo modes and creating the missions for Epic. And I'm like, what are you doing? The this is their first venture out into finally revitalizing side missions and, yeah. and stuff like that. And you're going to like completely crush their hopes and dreams. Like this is what the game needs. Cause that's what we got in first edition. We got those missions, those nice little side quests that you could do. Yep. And they came with your pack and then it just pff, gone. Then they were just like, yeah, we're done doing that. But, and, but, but why? <laughs> well, I don't even know the timeline. I'd love to go back and check, but around the time that the game started to really get on people's nerves is when they stopped putting those missions in those packs. They really stopped expanding on Epic and, uh, you know, the huge ships. They just put out what uh, they wanted. They and then, started totally ignoring a group of people who were really enjoying their parts. They, they stopped focusing on the fun and the tabletop, you know, in the kitchen. Yep. And they said, no, we're strictly a, com you know, competitive game. And again, they, they focused on that and it just, it started to really get cumbersome. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, yeah, I think they finally may have realized that, you know, life does not revolve around 206. Well, I've said this there's before. more people playing it on their count on their kitchen tables, like you said. Yeah, there's well, way more people oh, way doing more. that. Well, that's the thing. I've said this before. We need 206. We need streamers, you know, Gold Squadron, Hexiled, uh, the Gundarks. We need them. We need them streaming 206 games because it drives focus. It drives attention. It gets, you know, it's like watching the NBA. It's like watching, you know, the NHL. And then you just go, you want What do you want to do? Are you going to go to the NHL and play? No, I'm 13. What do I do? You play in your street. You play in your backyard. Mm. You, you go and, you know, play with your friends and you pretend to be those guys. I don't pretend to be Tyler Tippett. Um, or maybe I do. We're relatively the same height so <laughs> that's that's what we need 206 for we need it to get people into the game and wow them and dazzle them with oh my god i can't believe you did that 4k at that perfect moment it was amazing because when i'm playing on my kitchen table nobody sees that <laughs> nobody sees the yeah. perfect 4k but nope they see it in the streaming so we need 206 but guess what you need kitchen table people because guess what they're the ones that buy all the stuff they buy right yep absolutely all right. So what's our next topic? I mean, uh, common I, setup mistakes and common mistakes. I think that's like a first hiccup that people do. Why don't we Why don't we do that and then we'll take a break. Yep. And then we'll get into the topic everybody really, really wants to know about, which of course is going to be the future development of Hotak. And ground assault. And a little ground assault. Absolutely. All right. Common mistakes. Who wants to go first? Never bring a K-Wing on your first time out. <laughs> you can't take... Well, you could take a K-Wing, but that's not in the book we're talking Yes. About. Um, so, just saying. I would say, you know, common setup mistakes with the AI. People don't know how to, like, really position them, or if they do, they put position them out of order, or they don't know how to appropriately choose a target and fly them to the target that they need to get to. That's usually a common mistake I see in, you know, posts or people asking me direct questions. What, what else do you see, Sean, or Padre? Uh, well, the one that I already mentioned, forgetting to draw a pilot card for base level uh, <laughs> Imperials. A another one, and oh my god, I am so guilty of this. I, I must have played every one of these missions. I've lost count of how many times. I still miss some of the imperial triggers whether it's just 
like on an elite missing one of their talents or on the shuttle in the capture the officer mission where it has anti-pursuit lasers on it yeah <laughs> missing triggers oh yeah um, especially ones that are in the mission booklet like oh yes. this thing's supposed to have this action oh crap rewind it we got to go back <laughs> Like another. Oh, hang on! This was this was supposed to flee when it got down to three health. Yeah, exactly. This one was supposed to start fleeing at this time, or oh, we destroyed three emplacements. Uh, this ship was supposed to come on this turn. That's like another yeah. big problem. I have seen people to where they'll have turn markers, and then they'll put a certain token on that turn so that they remind themselves, "Hey, this is supposed to trigger." That's one little trick that I've seen. You can even do it in the booklet, too, because it is, like, right there. Uh, you don't have to laminate the, the missions, but if you put them in those nice sleeves, you can write on top of them as you're going. That's another little nice nifty trick. Uh, please use an erasable. Don't use a permanent marker. Uh, that's one mistake I made once because I grabbed the wrong marker. Oh, I, I, <laughs> um, use a, uh, I use an Excel spreadsheet to... Um... That's got some nifty little formulas in it for tracking damage. It automatically calculates the experience points. Um, But it also alerts me. I've got a row of boxes. As each turn clicks over, I click on the box. And if the box changes to red from green, they start off white. If um, if there's no enemy to, to come on, it goes to green when I click on it. Yeah. If there are enemy to come on, it turns red. So I know that I've got something coming up. Yeah. Um, takes a little bit of time to set up each mission, but I actually save a lot of time in not having to track XP and stuff. Another uh, mistake I've seen, various Hotec situations where I've been in, is where the game master starts to think that they're the opponent. <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not talking about you, Patrick. Sure, this sure, happened, yeah, no, of course. No. Um, they took it to extremes where they were actually breaking rules to try and give themselves a, a better play opportunity. And it's like, dude, I thought you were here to guide us in the game. And well, I am, I am, but I'm playing too. And it's like, mm, okay, well, if you're in control of the rules and you're changing the rules while you're playing you're not guiding the game. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think, I think that's a, a thing you got to kind of continuous. And I mean, Pat, you, you do a, a fairly decent job of separating yourself from the game because you have always said it's your job to make sure that the people who are playing the game are having fun. Yes, absolutely. Have fun. Not that's to the clobber most... them. No, you don't want to clobber them and you don't want to be clobbered either. Uh, right. That is one thing I'll say as a, as a game master. You don't want to yeah. just have them walk all over you because then it's just going to get boring fast. Yeah, and and I didn't enjoy getting clobbered because the game master didn't feel that he was getting you know his points in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so don't make that mistake. The setup mistakes that I've seen players make is not discussing with their squad what they want to want to have happen in a particular game. I've played the game with one guy who just thought he was just going to do his own thing throughout the entire thing. (laughs) And he got got people killed because he wanted to do his own thing. And it's like, I can we change the rule where we can just shoot him? 
<laughs> kill him? Can we just can we do that for like one game? Can we do that, please? Can we? And you know, it wasn't allowed. And I finally had to have a discussion with with the young man, and I was like, "You do that again, we will just make sure you don't play with us any longer." There you go. But 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 my pilot has Lone Wolf. Of course, he'll <laughs> behave like that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, I will find a way to kill you. I will I will drop a bomb in front of you. I will do whatever it takes. I don't care. Love it. But things like that. AI. One one other oh, one ahead. other very common mistake. Yep. I have have seen this a bit. Is people try to game the AI. <laughs> I can guarantee at least seventy five percent of the time, if you look at the AI card and you go, Okay, in this situation, all it can do is a one bank, a two bank, or if it rolls a six, it'll do a 4K. It is going to roll something that you haven't planned for. Yep. You plan for that bank, it'll 4K. You plan for the 4K, it will bank. Yeah. I have seen experienced X-Wing players get handed their butt on a silver platter yeah. by the AI. Uh, so so I, I will note there are different AIs out there if you've seen them. Uh, right now, the version that you should be using is the one with three range bands. There's a red, an orange, and a green because it includes yes. a range four. And it has completely changed the AI to where it is a lot less predictable. So if you uh, aren't using that, that's fine. If you are getting into the game, I highly suggest that version. Also, the thing to note there, and this is another mistake that people make... The range band's there. The outer one is range four. Yep. The next one in is range three and range two target fleeing. Yes, not you fleeing. The, the ship that you are targeting. No, it's the target <laughs> fleeing. And then the inner band, of course, is range one and range two with the target closing. Now, what happens if the target is fleeing at range one? Well, then It's still range dead. one. It's the same thing with target selection. A lot of people will question, uh, like, my play. why isn't it targeting me? It shot at me last turn. I'm like, well, it did shoot at you because it had you locked, but that lock is now gone. It did shoot at you the previous turn, but now this ship is at range one in the bullseye right in front of it, and it has strike AI, but, you know. So <laughs> it can get confusing at sometimes. Just take it slow and figure out where you went with it. Because it can have strike, and that target's at range three, but it has a target at range one, and it's not a friendly ship. It has to shoot at that target at range one. It doesn't shoot at range three, unless there's something that specifies it, or if it has a munition. If it has that target locked at range three, and it has a munitions, it's going to shoot the munitions at the target that it's target locked, because, you know, certain ships will stack that way. At least, that's my understanding. It, it, can, it can vary from scenario to scenario. With strike, it will still shoot at other rebel ships if it cannot target its primary target. I'm going to say like 90% of the time, 99% of the time, yes, because that can happen. It will do a one bank, it target locks target A, that target moves after, so it's now out of the arc. Target B moves into arc, the only thing it can shoot at is target B that turn, so it shoots at target B. It doesn't get a modification, and then it's like, okay, well, it shot at this ship last turn. It's like, yes, but read the AI card. It says for selecting a target, if it says, you know, nearest target at range three, then yes. But if there's one that says it has locked before 
<laughs> so just pay attention to the AI. That's all I'm saying. Because there's a lot of stuff on that AI card. It, it's not always clear cut. Yes, just just refreshing my memory on the uh, strike AI. The literal wording is. These AI ships relentlessly pursue a specific target, usually a mission objective, and will use that target for movement and action selection. Yeah. If possible, they will also fire on the same target during the combat phase unless they can make a range one attack against something else. Exactly. There are certain areas still because we are talking about an AI, as a group, you need to use some common sense. Yes. <laughs> um, if you have strike AI on something and you have a target lock on it and you still have some proton torpedoes on board, you will fire at the range three target with four dice, not at the range one target with three dice, just because that's what the rule book says. Yeah. Oh, that that's good because that jumps back to you saying don't try to outsmart the AI because I know certain players, not going to mention names, that have tried that tactic. They're like, oh, let's just do a one forward and that way I'm at range one. It has to shoot at me, even though it has the, that, you know, has our Falcon locked. I'm like, yeah, nope. <laughs> but you said it's like, no, nope. no, but <laughs> target target priority for firing will generally be target you have locked anyway but again there are going to be areas where you need to use common sense um swerving is a good example a three straight will take you over an asteroid so you try a three bank instead um do you bank left or right (laughs) if the three bank is going to park you in front of another asteroid that you're going to have to swerve away from next time swerve left Exactly. If all the rebel ships are to your right, swerve towards the enemy. <laughs> You've just got to use sometimes some common sense. If you want a rule book that covers every eventuality, go play Advanced Squad Leader. Yes. Yeah, that'll where tell you everything. you've got four A4 binders. With a thousand pages in each of them. <laughs> um, if you want something that is playable, play Hotak at 23 pages. Yes. And it's got a and lot use of... some common sense. And it, it, there are moments where you're going to be thumbing through the rule book trying to find that one wording about something. Um, yes. You'll find it. Especially if you... I, I highly recommend the PDF version because you can just do Control F and type in the word you're looking for and it will immediately come up and you'll be able to find what you're looking for. I do have it printed out and the PDF. The printed out version is great. I use it a lot because it's easier to have it in front of you instead of flipping back between computer screens every 30 seconds and also having to zoom in, zoom out. The book's nice. PDF version is great if you want to find a quick rule. That's my two cents. I use my iPad for that all the time. Exactly. All right. Well, I think we've got the mistakes and everything. Why don't we take a... I was going to ask the chat. Does anyone have any more questions about you know rules or things that they've come across questions because i'm going through facebook and there are so many questions that people what? have yeah. asked uh, especially oh tts <coughs> mod people always ask is there a mod for tts yes and also for vassal there's the x-wing hotac unified 2.0 mod you can install that for tts and for vassal you just search vassal you know x-wing hotac and it'll add it right in for you 
Uh, we've done a video for flight or for uh, TTS, and it will walk you through uh, every little bit of adding it and using it. And I highly recommend it. If you can't get a group together, TTS is fantastic. Yeah, TTS is fantastic for. Oh yeah, uh, you can join for that. Yeah, you can join the Facebook and Reddit page as we said like a hundred times already, and ask: Is anyone starting a campaign in TTS? Uh, most of the time, somebody is. Or they'll see that you've posted it. They'll go into the Discord channels because there's about 50 mm. of those. There's the actual TTS mod group. Uh, let me look that. Uh, the TTS X-Wing Unified mod because that's in there. I'm sure you can ask, is anyone starting Hotak? Uh, you can come into our channel that you're in right now uh, for those listening. We have a Hotak and Flight Group Alpha. You can ask here, is someone starting a campaign or how can I get started? Unlimited resources. Trust me, someone is always willing to start a new campaign because it's just that much fun to play through. And the best fun is, is you can color your own ships. Yeah. Oh my God, that's the best. <laughs> oh, and every you can hey, save your. Hey, the angry list. wombat flies a fluorescent pink. Well, a standard colored X-wing, but in place of all the red markings of the standard X-wing, it has fluorescent pink striping. Damn straight, it does. And it even has, if you zoom in close enough to the ship, it has a little Wombat logo on the cockpit <laughs> and the pilot's name. I love it. Oh, all right. I think we're going to get to the part where everyone's been waiting for. The break. Oh, yeah, break. How long of a break do you need, Robert? We're going to need 10 minutes. Oh, Jesus. All right, 10 minutes, everybody. Then we'll get to future developments and ground assault. I mean... What was I supposed to do? It's not every day you get hit on by a Wookiee. <laughs> she still messages me sometimes, you know. <laughs> now that is impressive. So is when he meets up with her. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Well, now that you are uh, stationed on the ground, what's it uh, looking like for us? What are the uh, rebel plans? Oh, there's always new developments, trouble in the outer rim, old imperial stations on planets that need to be dealt with, and of course, more missions. Anything you could give us a heads up on? I don't see why not. Whew, all right. Sean, this is where you basically get the floor. Future developments of HOTAC and ground assault. Yes, I'm very excited to hear about this. Yeah. Okay, one one that is under consideration at the moment, and this is a fairly short-term one, once ground assault has, uh, has been put to bed, is the movement rules in HOTAC. Now, we currently use, and when I say the movement rules, I mean the movement rules for the AI. We're currently using the AI cards from FGA because, well, hell, to recreate them would have been a lot of work and why reinvent a wheel that already works. However, FGA's rules for using them are slightly different to the ones in HOTAC. Um, biggest difference, FGA consider bullseye anything in a 90 degree arc from the front of the base. Um, whereas HOTAC is bullseye is bullseye. And it does make a difference. I have tried both systems. It does make a difference. The other one is using the epic movement tool for wings when you're moving squads of TIE fighters. Um, again, that does make a difference. If you start with a block of TIE fighters 
four TIE fighters and you bank, you end up with a diamond formation at the moment. Using the epic tool, you still end up with that nice, neat square. It does make a difference for focus firing from the TIE fighters. It does make them just a shade more dangerous. Also, they they avoid rocks a lot easier or easier. Oh, yes. Yes. And they don't break up their formations quite so easy because one of them went over a rock or one of them bumped and then everybody caterpillars into their tail end. Now, I'm debating whether to list the FGA movement rules for the AI in the optional rules document, let people make up their own minds, or whether to go down a path that originally I never wanted to and just fully incorporate them into the main HOTAC rulebook. Mm. Um, Either way, that change will definitely be coming. Um, Other upcoming stuff, and I'm leaving the best until last, as I said earlier, Palace is about 50% done. Again, just like Hotak, the guys who did Palace did a really good job on it. It's not going to need a lot of work. Um, However, changing all the physical layouts and everything is a bit time-consuming, so that's why it didn't get rushed out. And now I'll jump into the big one, Ground Assault. This is the one everybody, I believe, has been waiting to hear about. Um... First up, Peter Dolan, who people may recognise from the Facebook page as Peter O'Dublishane, has put an enormous amount of work into this. Um, Peter has done most of the writing for it, um, has had a lot of people playtesting it and giving feedback and all the rest of it. Um, You want to take on ATATs and ATSTs? This is fun. It also introduces TIE Strikers and TIE Reapers. And atmospheric. As enemy ships. Atmospheric play. Atmospheric punch-ons. It is great fun. There are two mission arcs, each of four missions. One of which, without spoiling things, gives you the chance to win an E-Wing. Some of the mechanics in Ground Assault are really, really good. One of them one of them is called skimming, and you can actually fly below the level of the terrain, which obstructs you from anything that's on the other side of the terrain. <laughs> um, great way to dodge enemy ships, but there is the chance that you're going to crash into a canyon wall. Some of the mechanics are really, really good um we are really really close to having this finished if i hadn't been tied up so much with work lately it probably already would be the big news from this one josh dirksen has been involved in this um providing feedback and josh has also provided some artwork for this one Mm. The beauty of this is the terrain is shaped the same as the gas clouds is for HOTAC. So if you're kind of technically um, technically adept, um, you can actually print the terrain for this with hills on hills and trees on one side and the gas clouds on the other. Now, Just flip them over as you need to. Now, for the ground assault aspect of it, I'm taking it that people are going to be able to uh, utilize models of ATTs, ATATs, and, and, and everything like this? Are we talking the uh, Legion's equipment, or are we talking whatever model seems appropriate and fits with the scale? Okay, 
basically whatever fits with the scale. Legion is way too big. Um, included in the printable download section of, of Ground Assault will be a collection of standees. Nice. So you can print them up, stick them on cardboard, slot them onto a base. They'll be a bit thin, but they do look pretty good. Nice. Very nice. Now, apparently Star Wars Risk, the snow speeders from Star Wars Risk are exactly the right size. Okay. Um, or damned close to it. Peter very generously sent me half a dozen land speeders and uh, air speeders and ATSTs in the correct scale, which look fantastic once they're painted and based. Right. Um, people may have seen the photos on the Hotak Facebook page of my ghost squadron of air speeders, but there are standees for all these things because they can be difficult to get a hold of. <laughs> 3D yes. printer. <laughs> yeah, well, 3D printer. There are plenty of STL files for them out there. Um, all I can say is, is that a lot of work has gone into this. It looks fantastic. It plays as so much fun. Um, especially there is one mission where you have to fly through a maze of canyons. The fact that you're going to be putting out standees to go with it is is in in fact fantastic something is better than nothing at least you know for a lot of creative guys out there and a lot of creative women out there and for a lot of creative kids out there who are still playing x-wing and things like that you get the standee you can pretty much figure out the rest from yourself to make a 3d model out of that whether that's out of cardstock or are out of uh, foam core or, or anything like that. The game that Patrick and I play a lot of times, which is World of Tanks, there are paper models of buildings that you could assemble. Once you understand how to build a box shape out of paper, you print what you want on it and make your own. This is, this, there, this, is, there is a really good, and I did once upon a time post a link on the Facebook page which, if I remember, I will repost again. There is a card model called the Battle of Hoth, and it includes, I think, two ATATs, a couple of ATSTs, and a couple of snow speeders, and they're all in the right scale. I cheated on mine. I built the hole for the ATATs in the head, and the rest of it I just printed on label paper and yeah. stuck the legs on cardboard instead of trying to fold up those tiny little things. Um, they look great. I will actually post some pictures later. I'm getting them out now, so I remember to do it. I'll actually post some pictures of the standees later on the Facebook page for for anybody that wants to that wants to see it. The new terrain types for ground assault. We have dense terrain, which it started off as woods and woods and trees, but Peter changed it from that to dense terrain, so it can be woods and trees, if you like, stands of rainforest that are impenetrable to, to uh, aerial vehicles, or it can be a clump of tall rocky spires that you just can't fly through. So there's a bit of variation there. We went from having just having hills to having elevations. So again, you can either just have hills 
or you can do what I've done and go a little bit nuts and make some nice, really cool 3D terrain for it. I'm literally taking pictures from Hotak Facebook page. I'm posting in Discord uh, questions right now. It's literally some ATATs just sitting on top of a hill that you have printed out. Oh yeah. yes, my chicken walkers that I couldn't remember how the how the hell they got up there. <laughs> those are, those are actually some of the um, 3D printed walkers that. Um, the Peter sent me. Yep, uh, you got some Rebel Scouts, uh, which are yeah, um, yeah, that, that's Ghost Squadron. The um... just just looking on the internet as you guys have been talking, I found a free um, cardstock model for an ATAT. Yep. Yeah. And that's going to be all scaling at that point, guys. So I mean, you look for it, you can find it. It's out there, um, which is which is amazing. So I mean, basically, if you can if you can think of it, just go to Google and type in what you're looking for, and you you might be able to find it. I was I'll be getting that uh, at at here going like real soon here. I'm going to download the heck out of that. Uh, <laughs> And as I said, there's, there's, there are a ton of STL files available as well yeah. for all this stuff. Oh, yeah, this is amazing. I mean, it's just what you could find out there. I, I mean, you know, paper models from Amazon.com. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Everybody's there to help everybody else, which is, like, really fantastic. It's just one of those things. Everyone has said that, like, 40K, it's about the game. You want to play Magic the Gathering, you know, net deck. Do what you can. It's You play with a few friends every now and then. It's good to... Everyone always says, I'm here for the people. I, I come to play X-Wing, but that's just something for us to do while we play. And, like, yeah. that's the 206, and Hotak and all that. That is just, like, more of a, hey, let's, let's really focus on what we like as well as having a fun time together. And it's not a, a quick thing. It's going to take us hours. We're going to keep playing it over and over again. And then it's like, oh, have you heard about Ground Assault? Have you heard about this new mission that I just saw somebody post? And it just keeps expanding. <laughs> it's never ending. That's the great part. Well, you know, any, any game, but especially when you're doing uh, Heroes of the Cherry Cluster or, or you're doing Flight Group Alpha or you're doing a scenario-based thing, or even if you're playing 206 on a Saturday afternoon at the game store, you know, it costs you $5 to enter and... And you get to sit down there for three, four hours, play an X-Wing with a whole bunch of people that you, you enjoy spending time. And I always say, you tell me where in the world for $5 that you can get three to four hours good quality entertainment with people you enjoy. You can't do it in a bowling alley. You can't do it in a movie theater. You can't do it in a bar because they really want you to spend money on beer. Huh. You, you know. I, I wanted to say brothel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Brothel, you're, you're going to have to spend more than $5. It depends okay. on the brothel. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> right? But no, you are definitely still going to want to spend more than five dollars. It depends yeah. on the exchange rate, man. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> not that well, I know that from experience. I'm just. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, it's not Tijuana. All right, <laughs> I'm just telling I mean. you right now. Seriously, it's a wonderful game. What you have been doing with it, Sean, has been amazing. I'm. I, I will tell you now. I'm very thankful for everything that you have put together you have provided so many hours of entertainment for patrick and i and our friends and you know you didn't say oh yeah by the way pay me 20 bucks <laughs> you, did, you didn't ask you, did, you know but i mean without guys like you and and the other designers who have started this this would not be here you know 
we're not going to get the game that we want from uh, AMG or FFG. I mean, evidently, you know, for some reason, they don't get into this stuff. Okay, whatever. But, you know, the, the, the grassroots... Uh, people that do this, fantastic work. And uh, like I say, I thank you very much, sir, for, for providing this for us. Oh, That's look, it's, it, it's been my pleasure. And, and just looking at the number of downloads and how active the Facebook is, it's all been worth it. People are, people are obviously using it, enjoying it. That kind of is, is the best reward for me. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm I'm glad you feel rewarded, sir, because you 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 should be. You really should be, um, Pat, Patrick. I mean, could you? You know, you and I have been kind of soured over the competitive X-wing scene, I... but we still love the game, See, and this allows us to play with the 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 little plastic crack models that we love so much. I'm not <laughs> soured about. 206 and i'm i even like apparently calling it 206 is now like calling it a karen um it's just so offensive <laughs> I've been, oh, i was told on facebook they're like oh you call it 206 i already know and it's like no that's not what that is it's it's just classifications which is what we do now um you know it's just like millennial yeah. if i call you if i know you're a millennial i know what things to assign to you automatically which is completely wrong just like you know calling someone a Republican. That doesn't mean all of a sudden I'm a gun-toting, you know, sister sleeping with uh, Trump-loving lover. By the way, I'm not a Republican. No, but there's a fair <laughs> chance that you will be. Exactly. <laughs> so, but the problem is, is, like, I, and this is just what I found, like, in my personal experience, 206 players, they, they're very snubby against casual players. It's like, oh, you like flying that ship. Well, uh, it's not very good. And it's like, no, it is. I, 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 you know, I fly it like this. It's like, oh, you don't fly competitively. How sad. And it's, no, you need that, the person that's not playing competitively. They're the one that's funding you. <laughs> Just think about that. Yeah. But then it's, it's the other side of the coin. we stop buying the ships, you're not paying enough money to keep them going. Exactly. But the, on the other side of the coin, there are people who play in the, you know, casual that, hate 206 because it's like ugh, all you do is just fly the same thing all the time it just is so boring it's like not to that 206 person it's absolutely just super entertaining to play 206 sometimes it really is especially when you uh, now that we're getting back into the stores it's yeah they're all great experiences i've tried people i've really tried to bring together those communities it's like oil and water they don't want to mix right now they don't yeah <laughs> i've tried and you can tell me you can tell me differently i don't know robert's had that experience shuttle titanium's had that experience i'm pretty sure sean's had that experience uh, i've had that experience yes there's uh, there's not a lot of people with feet in both camps. Exactly. No. Uh, no. Look, I'm I'm the first one to admit I love the 206 for the fact that I can go down to my game shop on a Wednesday night. I know I can get a game. I know I can hang with a crowd of people that I really enjoy. Um, hell, I'll even enter a tournament now and then. Um, and I am the self-confessed X-wing player in Brisbane. <laughs> I know it. Um, but I enjoy it. But at the same time, so the whole co-op thing is is really what keeps my interest alive in this. Yeah, it's always it can always be something new. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and the, the whole cooperative thing is, you know, right there for me. I I like that fact. I like okay, if we do this, let's try this and it's like, okay, we've set our plan. And then the AI goes, <laughs> cute plan. I'm not doing that. Exactly. You know, and it's time for a new plan. And it's 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 a constant reevaluation of the game state to try and make sure that you can accomplish your goal that is set for that particular mission. It's 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 very chess like in, in that feature. You have a plan? You have a plan and the AI turns around and says, Here, hold my beer. Yeah. Right. And so now <laughs> you you have to come up with a new plan. And and that is fun. That is oh gee, I get to think. It's not just a, a go out and club a baby seal. It's a well, how do I sneak up on it first before I do that? And sometimes the baby seal's mother, who is, you know, you know, two thousand pounds goes, I don't think so, <laughs> and swats you around and and that is great. I like the fact that you have to think and you have to react. And sometimes your your the best plan in the whole stinking world doesn't work out the way it's supposed to because the AI once again is going, Yeah, I don't think so. Nice. One of one of the other things I do particularly like about all the co op systems, um, rather than being time limited, they are turn limited. Yeah. Yes. You don't yeah. One of the things that that has always annoyed me about 206 is you can get 10, 15 minutes from the end of the game. One player, and I'm certainly not saying everybody does this, but some do. You get 10, 15 minutes from the end of the game, get 20 points up, and... They just run. Yeah. <laughs> rather, rather than continuing the game, the game becomes how long can I avoid giving up points? Right. And their excuse is always the same. It's just like, well, it's a game. It's not against the rules. I'm following the game. I want to win and I don't want to lose. And I'm go- And it's just like, yeah, but for 20 minutes, you're making a negative game experience. Yeah. Uh, see? I play every every game I play, although I will admit if I'm playing tournament, I change my mindset a little, but casual play, I always play as if there is one more turn after this. Mm, but I, so I'm, We're going to do a funny episode. It'll only be like 20 minutes. We're going to interview the AI from Hotak and Flight Group Alpha, and they're yeah. going to give their feedback, because they're going to say the same thing. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, like so they just came in, they blew up some turrets and some shield generators, they landed their precious shuttle, took out some, you know, freaking emperor, and then they flew out of there. They didn't stick around and make sure that all of us were destroyed. What They could have stuck around. They didn't have to fly out of here or hyperspace out. What the hell? What's that about? Play the game. <laughs> I have I, I have been toying with an idea, and I want to try it in a full campaign tested first, is that... Given that each of the mission arcs within Hotak occur in the same area, if you leave, say, say the capture the officer mission, which leads to the refueling station, if you leave three TIE fighters alive at the end of the capture the officer mission, during the second mission, they reappear. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. And if you leave four or five TIE fighters alive at the end of the second mission, or heaven forbid, maybe an elite, well, guess what? They'll turn up in the following mission because, hey, if you want to go and destroy the shield generators and just play for XP, great. But everything you do has a price to be paid. Right. (laughs) 
Yeah. I did play a campaign where I tracked which TIE fighters were killing rebels. And if a TIE fighter survived a mission and had killed a rebel, one of the TIE fighters in the following scenario went up an initiative level <laughs> and gained a talent. And if they hang around long enough, they ended up in an interceptor and then a TIE advanced. And if you didn't take care of them, before you knew it, you are facing a TIE advance that, you know, had a few talents stacked on it. It, it became a bit unwieldy to keep track of. Um, otherwise, it was... It, the reason it was tested was to be put in the optional rules. But, oh, yeah. yeah, everything has a price. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, I like that thought. That's what we did with the Inquisitor. It kept showing up because I was a Force yeah. user, and it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, Robert's like, what do we do? I'm like, just don't even pay attention to it. It can't really damage us too well, uh, and shooting at it is just useless. But it's there, and that's a problem, and you have to do something about it. Yeah, but it's like that one lone TIE fighter that you decide to ignore. <laughs> it's yeah. the one that comes racing in from behind, and it's like, where the hell did that come from? Oh, shit, I'm dead. Exactly. That's when it one-shots you at range one. Mm. All right. I think we've covered everything of everything. I think we have. I mean, we've answered some questions about Hotak. We've gone into simple mechanics, you know, things that you can look out for, things how to get started. A heck of a big sneak peek. Yeah. Oh, geez. A bad ground assault. I mean, we did the best we could in, in two and a half hours. It's going to be a lot of editing. It's going to be great. Definitely. Thank you, Sean, for coming on. This is not going to be a one and done, because... Uh, we didn't really talk about Mission 1, but we kind of did. Because <laughs> Mission 1 is just a... It's a starter mission. It's great. Some TIE Fighters come on. You destroy them, you gain some XP, you move on to the next mission. But we went over moving the AI and all that stuff and getting started. My, uh, my notes about the very first mission were... It's a straight-up dogfight and a good chance to get used to the AI. And that's what we did. We that's, went through the AI. And that's basically what it is. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. We went we through covered, the AI and explained it. We covered the it. first mission. We're good. We're either going to do it to where we go, not mission by mission, but groups of missions, probably, you know, part one, part two, part three, and do it that way. Um, yeah. And we're going to go over, you know, triggers, things that you need to pay attention to, some tricks on how to get it done, and how to proceed to the next mission, stuff like that. Basic yeah. traps that people fall into all the time. In, in fact, tomorrow morning, Patrick and I at 7 a.m. are doing another podcast. No, we're not doing a podcast. We're doing the Wave 4 tanks for uh, World of Tanks, the miniatures game. And then we're going to go over all of the Trident details uh, that just dropped from AMG. We took notes. And then all of a sudden, we're like, okay, we're good. This is Wednesday. We're fine. And then it's like, AMG is doing a stream on Friday for the Trident. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yep. I'm glad we waited. Nice. Something, some, something else, if you guys will indulge me, that, that I would like to cover at, at, at some stage. Um, I do have a list here of questions that people have asked um, about different things. One of them is the setup map for Capture the Officer only shows two TIE Fighters. What if you've got four, five, or six players? Where do you put the extra ties? Um, yeah. And I have answered all those at different times on the Facebook page, but I've actually kept track of all the questions and answers. So yeah. that that could be a, a good, let's clarify some stuff. Yeah, I even want to do a, like quick short videos on those as too. 
um, yeah. and help those explain. They could just be 15, maybe 20 minute videos on explaining mi- each mission. Um, you know, how do you set up when you're docking or undocking? Uh, where does the ship go when it's docked? Uh, you know, stuff like that, that yeah. people always yeah. ask. Uh, if there's no room for the AI to come on at z- this zone, what do you do instead? And, and just basic stuff like that. You shouldn't have that problem in the first mission. You really shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm sure I do. I can actually quickly answer that. If a ship, if a squad is meant to come on and that spot is occupied, go one space clockwise. Just go one one range band clockwise. Yep. Yeah. Just move it to the next. Either you know, if it's at six, move it to either one or five. Yeah. Um, and this, you know, uh, there's tons of stuff like that, especially, uh, I don't think it happened in Hotak. There's at one point to where like six ships came into one spot and it's like, what do you do? And it's, well, <laughs> you can form a squad or split them a bit, move one to the next zone and stuff like that. So we can definitely cover that all as well. Yeah. So there's this, there is still a hell of a lot for us to cover. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Always. Absolutely. And we'll have you on another time, Sean, so we can get that covered. Yeah. Sir? It's been an absolute pleasure to join you. It always is. Oh, thank you, sir. You, you're way too kind. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've enjoyed having you on here. Uh, now that we know the times that work for, for everybody, considering you're on the, the other side of the earth. <laughs> yeah, you're upside down. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and, and, and all that. Uh, uh, hope you had a good time with us. Uh, Patrick? I certainly did. Absolutely. I did. You got anything else? Uh, so, I mean, quickly, uh, we're going to have another guest I, probably next episode. We haven't set a date to record yet. We're recording this one early, so that way I can edit it and then get the next guest on. Plus, we have a lot of other stuff to cover in the future uh, for, you know, missions and stores are starting to reopen. We can get out there, play on some tables. I've already seen thousands of pictures on Facebook of, like, 30 person tournaments so we might be able to get some dreaming of actual like 206 games in at a store oh my god that'd be something wouldn't it um and yeah uh so we're gonna keep this train going uh we've you know we'll have another episode in another month uh thank you for listening to this one again thank you sean uh thank you for anyone my pleasure thank you for anyone who has asked questions you know uh, given feedback and all that for Hotak and Flight Group Alpha and Ground Assault and all of that. Uh, anything else, Padre? I got nothing. Beautiful. I've, I've, I've got nothing. All right. So, uh, we've got so much stuff. I'll do the spiel. I'll do the spiel. I don't like doing the spiel, but I'll do the spiel. Because uh, we just, you know, I haven't hit order yet because I have to do some editing on one of the cards. But we just did... Seven cards, their shield upgrades for seven specific ships from one from each faction. Uh, we're gonna probably keep that train going too, as well as some other upgrades. Uh, you know, Millennium Falcon, the X Wing, the 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 Belly Bub, Fire the, Spray, the Fire Spray. So they're blueprints of that card. If I you, advanced. Yeah, uh, if you're gonna be, you know, our Patreon, or if you want to be our Patreon, you can head over to our channel, Recon Specialist TV. That you get those uh, lovely gifts when you become a Patreon member and also some access to tokens as well because we do sell tokens uh, upgrade or it's time to elevate your tokens go to recontokens.com you can if you don't you know 
want X-Wing tokens, go take a look. We make tokens for almost any game. And if you don't see them there, you can email us at recontokens@gmail.com, and we can, you know, custom order you some tokens for your favorite game, even if it's something, you know, silly. Doesn't matter what it is. Uh, you can join us through our Discord channel. It is a Recon Specialist TV. Uh, the link will probably be below. We'll get. I'm going to put so many links in this episode. It's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be links to the Hotac, you know, Facebook page, to the Google Docs, to the you know, to every to the Star Flickers, to the to everything. Trust me, you're going to get a lot of stuff in it in this episode. Uh, you can join our two YouTube channels. We got Sling Paint Gaming. Uh, you know, we've taken them over. We're trying to put out content for you guys. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about Sling Paint Gaming right now. I love. I, I don't think we're doing a good enough job. I think it is. Is what I'm going to say. Uh, but we need to. We need to bring our game up more. I think we need to step it up a little. I do. But you can head over to our other YouTube channel. That's right. Because we who needs just one. We've got a Recon Specialist TV uh, to where we post our Hotac missions, uh, our tutorials for Hotac, other games that we've played through and stuff like that. All our unboxing videos are on Sling Paint Gaming, so if you want to watch unboxing videos or Classic 206, uh, head over to there. If you want to watch us live, we're on Twitch, too. Good God, what, what do we do here? <laughs> we do freaking everything. We do a lot of stuff. Oh, my God. We do so much. You can hit us up on our two Facebook pages. Who has two Facebook pages? My God, Maron. We do. Uh, Recon Specialist TV or the Rex Beck X-Wing Miniatures. Uh, Recon Specialist TV for all of our gaming. Rex Beck X-Wing Miniatures for Strictly Our X-Wing. Follow me on Instagram at, uh, what the hell is it? Patrick underscore RSTV or is that the old one? You know, I should get that down. Hold on. Let me see. And I can edit this While you're out. doing that, I'll give a quick plug to uh, one of my other favorite streams, Fearless Gundarks. Yes. That's uh, that's my local gaming group. Um, hit them up on Twitch. They stream regularly on Tuesday night, Thursday night, and Saturday morning. Yes. Plus, uh, at the moment, during the XTC, there's uh, a lot of other random games popping up. Um, jump in, give, tell give them, them a follow. Tell them They're, Sean sent uh, you. Yeah, tell, tell them, tell them that Darth Wombat sent you. There you go. And, uh, yeah, no, it's a very, it's a very slick production, that lot. Absolutely. So you can follow us, on, or you can follow my Instagram on Recon Specialist TV. Uh, I think that's it. I'm pretty sure that that's is. everything. <laughs> We did it. We got it we all. Did it. We got it. We done it. We've done it all. We've said it all, uh, and we still have more to do. So, with that, Padre, take us out. Well, for me, everybody, play casual and see ya later. Another successful delivery by Recon Specialist. Your line is easy credits. Robert. Dude, we gotta start again. Hold on. <laughs> what is happening? Are you choking? 
Uh, yeah. Okay. Just a little bit. Good start. This is good. This is not a bad omen at all. Let me know when you're Code ready. Code blue to aisle three. Code blue to aisle three. Yeah. Man choking. We need a medic in Robert's Holy house. Crap. Bring a long pair of tongs. I mean, oh. I didn't think my my one opening line was that moving, but thanks, Robert. No, I'm a little under the weather. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Well, okay. Tell weather to get out from under you. Tell her to call you later. You would be over me? I'm... So that's the name of the female Wookiee, is it? Yes, that is the name <laughs> of the female Wookiee. Weather. <laughs> she keeps calling. Yes, she does keep calling. <laughs> All right, are you ready, Robert? Yeah, I think so. All right, let's try easy credits. We'll start there. Easy credits. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. I'm so glad I didn't waste another line. Oh, crap. What, what are you, choking on something? By the Lem. way, ladies and gentlemen, this is not how it normally goes. Usually we yeah. fly through this part. Nobody can hear this part. So. Yes, they can. There are people in Discord. Listening? Yes. Well, they're used to it. Okay. 50-50. <laughs> All right, starting from the top, let's go through. Uh, no, you're going to start with the easy credits. We'll see if we can get past that. Easy credits. Ooh, okay. All right, now I'm going to start back from the top. Here we go. Hello, everyone. So there was so much talked about during this episode, I couldn't have the heart to throw this piece away. I kept it in. You guys can listen to it. It's little tidbits here and there of, you know, things that we didn't get to cover during the show. So have a listen and have a good one. Well, where, where on Facebook were all those questions, Patrick? Oh, gee, I'm going through the history of stuff, so... Let's see. High resolution image of the Nebulon B top down. We've got, uh, <laughs> let's see, beta PDF. Starting a new campaign, looking at options for other ships besides the starting ones. If I go Hawk, are there any limitations on which crew I can pick? Uh, I mean, anything that's a rebel and doesn't require two crew slots, unless you have two crew slots unlocked. Go right ahead. Um,. What does everyone's must-have for Hotex? That's my question. Uh, Moldy Crow title, uh, Essage, Luke, Engine Upgrade, Shield, Stealth, Perceptive, Proton... I don't like Stealth Device in 2.0. <laughs> it's so easy to get damaged and lose it. Um, oh. It does save you occasionally. Yeah, so I'll fire off a couple of quick, rapid things that I know people ask. Uh, once you buy something, it's yours. You can't sell it back unless you homegrown something. We did a homegrown thing to where you roll a die after each mission, uh, depending on the result, depending on how much the black market value of that item was, and you could only sell certain items like modifications, munitions, couldn't sell me pilot abilities, and I'd allow them to trade it back in for experience, but yeah. as of right now, you buy it, you bought it. Um, there's also... Uh, I would say the same with um, I have had the same question asked about changing ships. What can I take with me? Yeah, exactly. Um, you can basically take ordnance and astromechs. If you put a stealth device on your X-Wing, it stays there. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. But it doesn't transfer Stuff over. like that. If you put an engine grade or a shield upgrade or a hull upgrade or something on your X-Wing, they are not going to unbolt the steel plates from your X-Wing. 
Yep. And then go and rivet them over the top of an A-wing. <laughs> I love that. Uh, for buying upgrades, it's going to be the cost of the actual card from, you know, the official FFG apps. For Flight Group Alpha, it's different. They print their own uh, cost per card, and they yes. update it frequently. Um, let's see. What kind of files do you need? Yep, just go to the Facebook page. Oh, so here's some wood-printed Hotak. Uh, oh, there's even a wood-printed Falcon. That's badass. And wood-printed ties. Where did he get these? Uh, found someone who works in the area. Yeah, they laser cut some of the Hotak stuff. That looks great. So there's always people mm, making stuff. That look good. Yeah, there's Sean. There, there's your literal uh, ground assault terrain that you're making. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's yeah. all over the lounge room at the moment. <laughs> I'm doing terrain tiles so I can rearrange the board as I wish. Yeah, what is it? Uh, I have a bunch of things printed and cut but will no longer use it. Yeah, someone's selling. Like, So you can even ask. And I know we're going to start. I'm not officially, but this is official. Um, I mean, I have an old literal printed and laminated set of Hotak. I don't really need it anymore because I'm 3D printing stuff. Plus, I just bought the, the Star Flickers. So I'm probably going to be giving an entire set away. Uh, to whomever, you know, either wins it or something on stream, something like that. And I can keep making it. I can keep printing it. It's very cheap for me because I already have all the materials and the experience to do it. Um, it's just a matter of either maybe priming it and printing it, or painting it, not printing it, and stuff like that. But, yeah, I love getting people into Hotak and just, you know, allowing them to expand on their already growing collection. Yeah, so, like, having most fun with quick builds and epic builds... Uh, eight-year-old son have made our own co-op game where we each have five to eight points in quick builds and launch a random Imperial quick build mission. That's awesome. That's uh, another alternate way to play it. Uh, let's see. Make this work on Vassal. Yep. So again, just Google Vassal X-Wing. There's a mod for that. And then if you Google Hotak, there's a mod for it that you can add. And it's literally just click and drag it into the map. Uh, and it has all the necessary items. Certain missions, you will need an epic ship. So, I mean, you can always just literally... <laughs> you can draw one out in a piece of paper and use it that way. Take a picture of one and, and print that out and use it. You don't actually have to have the physical ship because I know, you know, certain people don't have access to them. Uh, and definitely share and combine your, your, uh, your collections. Because I remember I did not have enough or interceptors when I first started playing live. Uh, in TTS, you can create as many as you want. Uh, anything else, Sean? No, nope. I guess he might. He might have. Oh, Brittany, did you guys lose internet? <laughs> oh no, he's here. He's just muted himself. All right, I guess I'm talking too much. Uh, other things, sharing XP, I mean, homegrown, you can do whatever you want, but rules are you don't share XP, you pull it together, divide it, and then, uh, roll on the, uh, pilot destroyed chart if you've been shot down. Uh, yeah, which one of these sites should I take an account? I've never seen this one. Different material files, yeah, so, uh, there are other people out there that have created their own secondary version of Hotak. Uh, this is as official as it gets as Sean's version. There, uh, you can always play other people's versions. Uh, see if you like those more. 
because uh, there's one on Rune. There's one on GitHub. Because, uh, yeah, Hinny, I believe, created one. And can someone explain me the basics Trick. and how-tos? Yes. Uh, Sean would like to come back into the room. He can't make it in. He he, he's right here. I can he's move him. He's on mute. Oh. He oh, got you dropped. left the room and then came back in. <laughs> now oh, I got it. Now you're here. I'm back. I'm I, back. A couple I quick things. Um, Welcome back. <laughs> thank you. A couple of quick things. Um, the other mm. versions of 2.0 haven't been maintained for quite some time. Um, yeah, they're and done. I don't think either of them were ever completed. No. Um, I mean, but yeah. again... Now, what were you talking about before that? <laughs> oh, uh, it basically was... Uh, what was it? I think oh, it was just... large ships. Epic large ships. ships. Yeah, epic ships. If, if you go into the file section of the Facebook page... There are top-down proxy printed versions of the GR75 and the Decimator. Yep. Um, both are first edition versions, but they work just fine. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, I mean, you can use... so The, the transport can now shoot i or is it no i can't remember i don't think they shoot in in hotak even though they now can uh because i know one of them's disabled they can just do i think some basic actions uh i, th I don't know i think it has a two dice tack anyways but it doesn't matter yeah e-wings it's a two dice attack that doesn't make a huge amount of difference no uh e-wings we got oh my god we've gotten that question so we, oh, we we play tested it. He was uh, Joseph played an E wing. He was a force user. Um, I don't know. I would have to. I know we played through it with an E wing. After a while, yeah, it got a little ridiculous. But then again, so did a everyone little? else. Well, yeah, I mean, because he got the target lock. He then took Dutch's ability because that made him pass a target lock to somebody else. He was a force user. He was taking evades. He combined it with some other stuff. But again, I mean, Chuck was flying an X-Wing with, like, so many abilities, and Dan was the deadliest A-Wing I've ever seen. I mean, an A-Wing that was getting, you know, Proton Torp... Or no, Proton Rockets twice, because he added an extra charge to it. He took, I think, Braylon's ability, which let him stress himself out and re-roll dice on offense and defense, as well as double repositioning. Like the A wing was just as ridiculous as the E wing. The E wing is a lot less powerful in second edition than its first edition. So if you want to fly an E wing, go right ahead. That's what I'm going to say. But currently, there's nothing official about it. I tend to advise people if you're going to have more than one A wing in your squad, that when you're putting out the Imperials, swap out Tie Fighters for Interceptors. There you go. Make it a challenge. Yeah, because once again, once you get into that four to fifth level, it starts to get a little ridiculous with the rebels because that's when abilities just start trading things back and forth and going nuts. 
Uh, yeah, Signal Fleet. I think that's and, like And also, everything. what Sean has said several times tonight, do not be afraid to throw in house rules. True. You know, you may, you know, set yourself up to, to be a GM, and you don't know who you're going to get inside to, who wants to play against you, and they might want to try and take advantage of rules to do things. I think it's more than fair for you to come up with a house rule and say, okay, if you do this, which I'm willing to work with, I get to do this. Yep. And you, 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 you still have to make sure that the game is fun for everyone. Yeah, including and, yourself. <laughs> well, I don't see where it's fun where, oh, we won again. Oh, we won again. Oh, we won again. If you're not being challenged, you're not going to have a good time over the long run. No. 